It's happening, folks. It's happening. W-W-I-I-I. No, that's not just some weird uh, website address. World War Three. Wait, I, 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 yeah. Uh, World War Three. it's happening. And uh, you can thank Joe Biden for it. What's up? This is Marque Saves the Republic. And um, you know, a couple things happened over the weekend, which we'll get to here in just a minute. But I do want to urge you, if you have not yet already, to subscribe to this podcast. Because as we see every single day, more and more of the stuff is going down. The proverbial stuff is going down. And what we're starting to see now is that Joe Biden, in an effort to save his presidency and the Democrats in an effort to save their power base in Washington, D.C., are doing something that we knew they were always going to do. We knew. We knew this was going to happen. We knew that there was going to be conflict, major military conflict in the Middle East. We knew there was going to be conflict with probably Iran, maybe China, uh, all kind. You know, we already saw what happened in Ukraine with Putin. We thought that was going to escalate and it still could. And all of this stuff is happening right on right on time. Because Joe Biden is seeing a massive decrease in his popularity. Joe Biden's presidential approval ratings are in the toilet. Nobody even wants to vote for him. Nobody even wants that guy running. And we're talking about the Democrats. Seven in 10 Democrats are like, Joe Biden, absolutely not. Democrats are looking at this guy going, I don't want him. And of course, as we get closer and closer to the election, the Democrats are going to need to run on some kind of platform. They're going to need some kind of issue that they believe is a winning issue for them. And war, good God, y'all, what is it good for? Well, it's good for a presidential campaign because in the history of our country, very few people have ever wanted to change leadership in the middle of a war, a world war, a civil war, a revolutionary war, what I mean, conflicts and police actions in Vietnam, in, in uh, the Middle East, whatever it is. If we're at war, most people are like, eh, probably shouldn't stir the pot in Washington, D.C., when really that's exactly... That's exactly what you should be doing. Anyway, uh, we'll get into all of that. Basically, here's what here's here's what the Biden administration is doing. They're looking at this whole thing saying, all right, we because everything in an election year, it, you have to look at it through the prism of it being an election year. Everything that happens in an election year is an issue and everything is polling. Everything is 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 processed through the the eyes of the voters and the Democrats going into 2024 thought, OK, we've got two options. We can make this election about abortion, or we can make this election about a war, or both. But we can't make this election about Joe Biden, because nobody likes that guy. See the aforementioned part of this podcast where I told you nobody likes Joe Biden. Um, or or we can lose. Those are the options. Make it a, about abortion, start a war, but we can't make it about Joe Biden and his policies, because the economy's in the toilet, people don't have any money, they don't have any prospects, their jobs aren't paying them, their housing... Uh, their home values are way down. They can't get insurance. They can't buy anything because everything's too gosh darn expensive. Joe Biden's destroyed everything. So we have to focus on issues like let's not all get destroyed by nukes. And also we should be able to kill babies at any time, any place, anywhere. Um, but, you know, a couple of things have thwarted that. And one of them is the border. Uh, Greg Abbott, governor of Texas, has created a situation at the border. Actually, scratch that. Joe Biden and Alejandro Mayorkas have created a situation at the border where the border is now the big issue. Immigration is the big issue, bigger than the economy, bigger than abortion, bigger than war in the Middle East, bigger than anti-Semitism. It is the biggest issue because Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis and other governors have spent the last couple of years taking illegal immigrants who cross the border illegally, coming into the United States at the behest, at the, at the uh, encouragement from Joe Biden, 
at illegally crossing into our border, and they've funneled them throughout the United States, mostly to sanctuary cities. Because, look, when you're, when you're 3,000 miles away from the border and you want to pander to bleeding-heart liberal voters, you say, we are a sanctuary city, and if ICE agents come in and try to deport our citizens, we will not allow it. Illegal people come here and enjoy the safety and security of our sanctuary city. Enjoy free health care and enjoy free education. And if we can house you and feed you, we will do that. But what we will not do is turn you over to the immigration and naturalization agents to be deported back to whatever hellhole country you ran away from in the beginning. That's what these sanctuary cities have been doing. And it sounds good on paper. It's nice for a slogan. But when somebody calls your bluff, <laughs> When Greg Abbott's out there playing Texas Hold'em, literally, actually, actually, it's Texas Release Him is what he's playing. Uh, when he's playing Texas Hold'em and he releases these immigrants into your sanctuary city, all of a sudden, man, you got you to gotta put up or shut up and you don't have enough chips. The deck is now stacked against you. How many poker, by the way, metaphors can I throw into this one podcast? I'm going to see. I'm going to see. I'm gonna, I probably, I know a lot of poker. I know a lot of poker uh, metaphors. Uh, so that's what's happening now in the sanctuary cities. They're folding. Oh, there's another one. <laughs> they're, they're, they're cashing in their chips and they're saying we can't handle it anymore. We are no longer sanctuary cities. We can't take any more people. We're, we're, we're begging for scraps. The government's not helping us because why would they? And we're, and it's, and we're basically screwed. So immigration has become the number one issue, not just for rural American voters near the border in red states like Texas and Arizona and New, and well, New Mexico is not a red state, but not in, just in these border states, but all over the country. And when you have immigrant, when it's so bad that in New York and Boston and Chicago and Washington, D.C. and all these points north, when they're suffering under the, the crippling effects of massive immigration influxes, illegal immigration influxes, when they're crippling under that kind of an effect, that's a big, hairy deal. That's a problem. And that's something that's created the number one issue in America right now. Keep in mind, Donald Trump, who's also running for president against Joe Biden, has a really solid plan. And his solid plan is to, A, shut down the border immediately, like no questions asked. Like, sorry, folks, the country's closed. Moose out front should have told you. Shut down the border and then begin, and this is exciting, the largest deportation effort in American history. He's going to begin the largest deportation effort in American history. And if you're living in a blue city or a blue state like Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, if you're up there in one of those places and you realize that you're inundated with illegal immigrants, not families that are that you're not the huddled masses yearning to be free, but these dudes who are like 20, 30 years old coming across here illegally by themselves, not really sure what's going on. They're invading the country. When you see that and you look around, you go, you know what? Yeah, probably we need some of these people sent back home. Maybe the largest deportation event or effort in American history. Maybe that's not such a bad idea. Maybe Donald Trump is onto something. Well, then, then that, bode, that bodes well for Donald Trump and not so well for Joe Biden and the Democrats, who, again, are trying to make this election about abortion or nuclear war. So now that the border's an issue, now that, that Greg Abbott has seized a portion of the border, now that the Supreme Court has gotten involved, now that we're talking about razor wire every day, razor, which, by the way, razor wire is a great name for a band. If, you, if you're starting a band, I'd recommend, I'd recommend razor wire um, as your name because you're going to get a lot of free publicity. But this razor wire up at the border has become a big issue. 
And Greg Abbott is not standing. He's like, look, I have the right and the responsibility to protect Texas. I'm the governor. I swore oath. These people have a constitutional right to be safe. I'm not giving in. The border is my jurisdiction here in Texas, and we are doing everything we can to maintain security of the border and keep these people out. And that's what's going on now. So the border continues to be a big issue. Well, Joe Biden and his administration are like, look, we can't handle, we can't win on that. We will lose if this becomes a border battle because Donald Trump wins the border. No other, no other president in history has ever had the platform regarding the border that Donald Trump has. No other president in history has ever said, we're going to shut the country down, close it up, just tight, you know, just zip like vacuum seal this puppy. And then we're going to kick out all the people that came in here illegally. No one has ever said that before. And now Donald Trump is running on that. And that's a winning issue. That's a winning platform. And that means that, that Joe Biden loses. So they turn to war. They turn to war. They're still going to They're still going to fight the abortion battle. But now they look to war. World War Three. How do we get a world war started? And it's easy for them to do, especially with what's going on in the Middle East. The drone strikes over the weekend killed three American servicemen and women. Uh, dozens more were injured. Last night, three, here this is from Axios. Last night, three U.S. service members were killed and many wounded during an unmanned aerial drone attack on our forces stationed in Northeast Jordan near the Syria border. That was Joe Biden's statement yesterday. Biden said the U.S. is still gathering the facts of this attack, but we know it was carried out by radical Iran-backed militant groups operating in Syria and Iraq. According to U.S. Central Command, 25 service members were wounded in the attack. Mitch McConnell called for serious crippling costs to Iran, because of course he would, not only on frontline terrorist proxies, but on their Iranian sponsors who wear American blood as a badge of honor. Lindsey Graham, another war hawk, said in a statement, the attacks on the U.S. had uh, the attacks the U.S. carried out on Iranian proxies outside Iran will not deter Iranian aggression, calling to strike targets of significance inside Iran. Now, the prop here's the problem. The problem is that while strikes on Iran, I believe to be necessary, or while some kind of retaliatory effort is necessary, the problem is that Joe Biden will not do what needs to be done. He will not effectively stop this. He will do some kind of, some kind of, uh, what do you call it? Proportionate response. And the proportionate response will not stop Iran. It will agitate them. And basically we're going to go back and forth, back and forth, tit for tat, tit for tat all the way through the election, because the last thing Joe Biden wants is decisive action that ends any time, any kind of long-term military conflict. If Joe Biden takes decisive action that ends some kind of long-term military conflict, then that's it. They can no longer use, Hey, we're in the middle of the war as uh, an election campaign um, uh, strategy. They can no longer say, Hey, we're in the middle of a war in the Middle East. The last thing you want to do is change leadership. We're in the middle of the war of a war in the Middle East. The last thing you want to do is change whoever is the commander in chief. It would be detrimental to put Donald Trump in the in the charge of the military while we're at war. It'd be detrimental to change out Lloyd Austin, who I don't even know if he's at I don't even know if he's back at work. I think he still may be in the hospital. Uh, to change out Lloyd Austin, the head of the Pentagon. It would be detrimental to all of these things. We can't do it. We have to maintain stability in the highest upper echelons of our military. And that means reelecting Joe Biden president. But if you take a uh, disproportionate response and you just blow the hell out of them, then they stop. If you, if you do what Donald Trump would do, which is destroy ISIS, destroy the Houthis, destroy this, destroy. Donald Trump was a, hey, look, 
this is a big problem for me, so let's just eliminate the problem. He went in there with, a, with surgical precision and removed tumors. He wasn't like a long-term chemotherapy kind of guy. He was a, let's cut this thing out. And we've got a cancer in the Middle East. We've got a cancer in Iran. And we've got Joe Biden, who's just, you know, he's not, he's not going to do anything about it because it doesn't behoove him politically. Politically, the Democrats want war because it, it takes away from the immigration issue. They want war because it reminds people that, hey, in the middle of a conflict, we shouldn't change hands at the top. And that's why this Iran thing is popping up. That's why these things are starting to smolder. And that's why Joe Biden is going to slowly and meticulously do the minimum amount he can do in order to fix the problem. And Mitch McConnell's going to go right along with it because Mitch McConnell doesn't like Donald Trump either. Mitch McConnell doesn't want jo Donald Trump coming back to power. Lindsey Graham's going to keep, you know, slow rolling this thing too, because by the way, slow roll is another poker term. I just slid it in there. You may not have noticed, but all of these, all of these war hawk Republicans, they're going to, they're going to side with Joe Biden on this. Because again, if you're getting paid by the military industrial complex in, in the back rooms, if you're getting big checks, if you're getting big donations, if they're supporting your campaign, if they're taking you on junkets and private islands and all kinds of, you know, all kinds of exciting new excursions, whatever it is, if you're getting money from the military industrial complex, then you want the military industrial complex or the military industrial complex is going to want, uh, they are going to, um, try to, they are going to try to get as much money as possible. And that means a prolonged war effort, a prolonged war effort is what helps them. Uh, and it hurts, it hurts, uh, everybody else like Donald Trump. So when you look at what's happening in the world today, you've got Donald Trump, who the military industrial complex would be against, who Joe Biden, of course, would be against, who Iran would be against because he would just wipe them off the map. You know, I always go back to this. I always go back to this episode of the West Wing. There was an episode of the West Wing, which I know was a show about liberals and it was written by liberals and it was starring liberals, but it was a really good, I believe, look into how the world of politics, especially the West Wing, the presidency works. And there was an attack very similar to this. And President Bartlett, played by, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, the guy, Sheen, Martin Sheen, President Bartlett went into the, the war room. He went into the situation room and all the generals were there and the joint chiefs were there and the secretary of defense. And they said, we've created, uh, three different proportional responses. And the president looked at him and said, what is the virtue of a proportional response? And they all look at him and they go, huh? And he goes, what is the virtue of a proportional response? response. How does that do any good for anybody? Because basically what I just described is going to happen. They hit us, we hit them back proportionately, and then they're going to hit us again. What, what about it? What's the, why do we do that? What's the virtue of it? Right, write me up or draw me up a disproportionate response. And you know what everyone in the room did? They were like flabbergasted. They're like, Whoa, what? You want to actually hit them harder than they hit us? Well, okay. So they left came back like three hours later and they're like, here's the disproportionate response. And I'm going to be honest with you. I still thought it was lame. It was like blowing up an airport or something. It was stupid. But in the end, the president cowed, uh, caved and he went with the proportional response. Donald Trump doesn't do that. Donald Trump doesn't do that because he doesn't want to prolong crises. He doesn't want to allow terrorists to win. He doesn't care if these people live or die. In fact, he'd probably prefer them dead. And he definitely doesn't care if the United States government is funneling money to the military industrial complex over and over again for months and months on end. That's why, uh, that's why Washington elite and insiders hate him and the rest of us don't.
Anyway, we'll cover this today in great length today at the Mark Hay Show. Uh, noon Eastern, 11 Central, we broadcast on all of our Catriot Radio Network radio stations. We also live stream on all of these fantastic live streaming platforms like Rumble and X and Getter and, and Twitch, all over the place you can find us. And um, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, too. This podcast is a daily occurrence. We record it and upload it every day. You can listen to it every day. You can kind of get a, a jump start on your day. Find out the big stories. The big things that are that are affecting your life, the people that are attacking you and trying to destroy our American sovereign uh, sovereignty and stomp all over the Bill of Rights. You need to know who your enemies are and you need to know how to fight back and win so that you and me and everybody can save the republic.